okay. alumni yet lab meeting 17 has begun. Uh, in attendance we have Anne Tran, myself, Ellery Johnson, and we have uh, Paloma Mattis here. Mm -hmm. She is a marine ecologist from the School of Life Sciences at UTS, uh, from the Fish Lab, as we've just discovered that's what it's been mm -hmm. called. And she's also one of the first people who made me think that I could do research. Aww, so that's I like. nice. Thank or blame you. <laughs> I just want to discuss with a question mark Because <laughs> we were on Heron Island for an excursion mm -hmm. and we were working in, who was in there? Me and Tommy. And Tommy, and yeah. a couple of other people were working with you and I was like, this is good. We had a good group. Exactly. Yep. And there was so much infighting on that field trip, but not in our team. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I feel uh, like everything went wrong really? in every other group but ours. <laughs> we had the best time. We had free time because we finished all our yeah. stuff. Yeah, because you were yeah. in the fish group. The coral group oh, yeah, had to you, do so much were you guys work. Were the same year? No, different no, you year. After. Yeah, I was yeah, after. Yeah. But our group had so yeah. much work to do. <laughs> we chose wrong. We had a lot of work to do. Yeah. We still had work to do, but we were just very productive. Mm. You guys had to go by the tides. Though. Yeah, we did. We had to wait for low tide to trek out like three kilometers, <laughs> and then <laughs> collect all our video transects, and then wait to come back. By swimming. <laughs> yeah, then we had to watch the video, mm. ID all the algae and corals, and then do other weird shit. Yeah, the first year I helped that group, and I had to tow so many people back to shore, like save people, because <laughs> they couldn't swim, because it would be like five kilometres out. People would swim out, and then they couldn't swim back. Mm. So after the first year, I was like, not. Nah. <laughs> I'm sticking to the lab. That, but, yeah. <laughs> but also, the current was quite strong. So you might yeah, think you're is. swimming towards the island, but you're getting pushed really left. Mm -hmm. And you had to keep coming back against mm -hmm. it. It was tough. It was tough. You know, we were out there clove oiling fish. Yeah. How does clove oil work? So. Originally, they used it in dentistry. Oh, what? Yeah, to like okay. numb teeth and stuff. Oh. And I don't know, someone worked out, hey, let's use it on fish. It and makes them pass out. Yeah, well, it kind of numbs yeah. their senses. Yeah. And yeah so this you don't want to overuse it. Collecting little reef fish. Yeah. Where, yeah. where we use it mostly. Where does it stop? Like, if you tried to spray like a shark. <laughs> with a lot of clove oil, would it would it slow a shark down? I feel like you need like a couple liters. liters. <laughs> so I've had like a little bit of a numb face, but like. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. Oh to myself. really? Like yeah, a yeah. numb hand. Like if does that happen? If the current oh, kind of no. comes in your direction, you just yeah, so many. Because I would try and anchor myself kind of downstream with the current, so it was coming. Yeah along my body and then I'd clove a fish <laughs> and then I'd clove myself <laughs> and it'd be all over my snorkel and it'd come up yeah. and it's gross. Oh yeah, literally my, I had to sell my old car because oh. it stank of clove oil just from all my fuel work. Gross. Like my wetsuit, everything, just clove oil. That's disgusting. Wow. Alright, so should we get started? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so you are, you just did your final comments this week. Yeah, so I've recently completed my PhD, including revisions, so I should be conferred next week. Amazing! Wow. Yeah. Congratulations! That's so exciting. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, if you could describe your PhD in any way, 
in an analogous analogous using using an analogy yeah using an analogy or using a descriptor of you know any type you wish so you mentioned like popular culture yeah so i thought of two things so firstly the obvious one is finding nemo it's great. No one's seen that yet. Cool. No one's used any ocean references really? yet until <laughs> now. This is awesome. Continue. So basically, in Finding Nemo, Nemo's dad and Dory make their journey from the Great Barrier Reef to Sydney, mm. which is what the fish I study are doing. Awesome. So that's the obvious one. And then in terms of the PhD like experience. Mm-hmm. I thought of the movie Twister. Oh. (laughs) Well, firstly, I went through three tropical cyclones during my PhD while I was Mm. on the reef. So, like, actually, um, (laughs) Twister. Real Real (laughs) life. Twister. Um, But then metaphorically, (laughs) Twister, (laughs) because you think, like, the very start of your PhD, like, the first six months, you kind of really chilled, like the weather's okay. And then you start to see something coming. And then the next couple years is just like all these ups and downs and challenges and crazy stuff being thrown away. And then somehow it disappears and like the sun comes out and you realize you survived and you just get on with it and yeah. Twister. Not, I think I'm going to start to see some stuff coming in the last six, eight months. I'm like, the warning signs are coming. Ellery. That's, uh, well, yeah, congratulations on getting through. That's so awesome because mm-hmm. uh, you've been here the whole time I've been at UTS. Um, I've been here a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so you've finished it all so you should know what it's all about. You've mentioned Nemo and Dory mm-hmm. swimming under Sydney, so... What is your PhD about? So, my in my PhD, I investigated how habitat availability structured the geographic range expansion of fish mm-hmm. coming down from the reef, and also their ability to cope with ocean warming. Alright, so mm-hmm. we've got migrating fish yep. coming down the coast. What have you found? Are they migrating successfully? Mm-hmm. Are we getting large temperature shifts? Are there new ranges of these? What, what species are you looking at? Yeah. So I guess just like a bit of background is that with climate change, we're seeing obviously huge impacts to the world's oceans and we're seeing ocean currents strengthening and warming and in particular with boundary ocean currents like we have on the east coast of Australia with the East Australian current. And with that strengthening and warming, it's bringing tropical fish down to Sydney. So they're not migrating of their own accord. They're mm. being brought down as larvae. Oh, okay. So mm. they're dispersing. Yeah. So they're dispersing down. So. And so basically my PhD is looking at how habitat availability, because obviously temperate reefs are very different to tropical coral reefs. So looking at how that might either prohibit 
or constrain the establishment of some species, whereas maybe others might be able to cope. And so um, I looked at a bunch of different species and you can see that species that might rely on coral either for habitat or food are going to probably not make the range shift down here. Because we've got rocky reefs. Yeah. So even on higher latitude reefs, like you have subtropical reefs that do have coral, that coral is very structurally different. So it's very mm. flat and horizontal morphologies. So even in that respect where you do have coral, like you don't have the complexity that some fish need. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess there are other fish that are more generalist and on the reef they might not associate specifically with coral and so those fish are probably going to be more likely to establish a population down here but that's really simplistic like so i looked at habitat but there's so many other factors so you think about temperature so at the moment fish aren't surviving winter because they're dying off the winter in sydney yeah, yeah okay. because mm. the temperatures get too cold and you know they're they're tropical ectotherms so they've evolved in this really um, low thermal range. Yeah, low thermal range, mm. exactly. And so, um, obviously, we know oceans are warming, so eventually that factor is going to become less important. Um, but then things like habitat, food, um, even just novel interactions with species. So we've got these species coming into a totally novel ecosystem, experiencing totally novel competitive interactions with natives and also like novel predations so mm. predators that they might not um, recognize so there's so many different things and super super interesting like cool spin-off questions that I now have after my PhD yeah. that I'd like to go investigate mm. awesome yeah. so is this phenomenon obviously isn't localized to australia no you'd be having similar things on like the gulf stream and yes yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> but basically like it, the lewin current on the west coast of australia same thing happening same thing. there oh, yeah. in japan we're having it to the extreme where we've even now got actual corals growing in, in temperate temperate japan wow. so like the same latitude of sydney you've got these elaborate coral reefs and actually the fish are now taking over the natives mm. okay. so we're actually seeing more tropical fish coming in are you and now competing native species conversely with the shift in tropical fish because it's warming there are you also getting a shift in temperate fish species because they're dispersing as well with the currents yeah. or the currents kind of yeah no absolutely so like just in general we're even terrestrially we're seeing that mm. species are shifting their geographic distributions as they're moving to more suitable climates so both in terms of latitude and in elevation so we're seeing species mm. go up mountains or mm. you know do you think it's interesting that people aren't doing that yet yeah, well, I guess as oceans rise, we're going to have to, right? And we're seeing that already in low-lying island mm -hmm. nations where people have to evacuate mm. completely. Mm. Um, yeah. Heavy. Crazy. There you go. 
That's super interesting. <laughs> wow. I'm okay. so I love it. I'm really that's, <laughs> that's nice. about yeah. it. That's that's great. awesome. That's though. why I want people to come on like nerdy about their stuff. That's cool. So tell us about your journey to science to a PhD. Yeah. Why are you doing it? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Mm-hmm. What are pomocentrids? Pomocentrids <laughs> <laughs> are a type of fish. So they're damselfish. Right. Cool. And you are a member from so somewhere. It's a family mm-hmm. yeah, okay, of cool. fish. Right. So, yeah. Why um, science? Yeah, so I guess I've always been interested in like discovery of the unknown. So I'm equally as nerdy about space mm, cool. <laughs> mm, yeah we approve like the year in space documentary oh, nerded out over that year loved it have you not watched that no I haven't. oh you guys have to watch that yeah so this astronaut one of the american astronauts this yeah. is like such a side note but then an american astronaut no yes he has a twin oh i didn't know there was a documentary on it oh we you were just watch re- it it's we like were just a, reading a seven part review? documentary him and a russian um astronaut astronaut go cosmonaut. <laughs> go up for a year it's so mm. cool to see um wow. yeah okay. what a hero I don't know if I want to go to space for a year, though. It's a sacrifice. It is. Yeah. But imagine the things you learn. Yeah. <laughs> you would, <laughs> yeah. You would. You think, you think you would come back with Russian? Yeah. Wouldn't you? I have to hope so. It's but cool, yeah, you'd be though. doing all these little missions, which would be... But, but psychologically, missions. like, they have a spreadsheet oh, they have to attain to every day. Yeah. Because if they're not, you know, structured, you could imagine people oh, might go crazy. Yeah, there's space space dementia. Yeah. That's a real thing. What? Yeah. Isn't that a real thing? Dementia from space? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I learned that on um, Armageddon. But I'm, I'm sure that's a real thing. Because one of the characters goes up and then he starts shooting guns everywhere because he has space dementia. But I'm sure that's a real thing. I guess what's the documentary <laughs> that might it's mention it? <laughs> no, you just go a bit crazy. A bit crazy. Oh. So in space. you're in space. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Watch it. Okay. I recommend I'll it. Watch it. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Well, we need to learn. What was his name? Something Smith. No. Oh yeah, they had very generic names. Kelly. Kelly. Scott Kelly. Scott yeah, Kelly. there we go. Oh, yeah. James is still on the earth. Whatever. Yeah. Really names. cool. Watch it. All right. Yeah. So anyway. wait, but but do they? Is the documentary also about it's on YouTube when he comes home back from space yeah. and what happens after? Yeah, yeah. Ah. So firstly, a lot of it's about him prepping to leave his family and like mm, all the preparation rough. and training, and then it's him up in space, and then he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. You'd have to take up like meditation or something, or yoga in zero gravity. I suppose that doesn't really work. No, well, they stretching. have to exercise. Yeah, they have like therabands up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And get... weights. They have to do weights because otherwise they lose yeah. all their muscle mass. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Let's get nerdy. <laughs> so you get so nerdy. Anyway, a love discovery. Cool. <laughs> That's exciting. It's the heart of science. Yeah. But I guess I've always loved the ocean. So my parents both love the ocean. Grew up going to the beach all the time. Dad, who surfed. So I guess it just rubbed off on me. Um, But 
the kind of defining moment, I guess, was my first time on the Barrier Reef when I went for a scuba dive when I was 14. And I was just like, wow, you know, I want to learn all I can about that and I want to go study marine science. That was it. So. And you're someone who's really taken that by the horns. How many times have you been up to Great Barrier Reef? Like, you go all the time. For PhD a lot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've been up a lot. Yeah. There and you've been mm. to like Hawaii and stuff and you're in Tahiti at the start yep. of the year mm-hmm. mm. where is like nice. where's the best place science has taken you oh wow that's hard science has or... taken me nowhere so far it's not taken me anywhere good anytime soon maybe metaphorically it's yeah, taken you to a higher place <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I guess I've had some amazing experiences thanks to my PhD and going to places that I would never have gone to otherwise, Mm. like getting to dive on some of those amazing reefs, even just seeing firsthand, um, the change, the changes, even in just the past four years, like reefs Mm. that I was going to, which were amazing. And now it's, you know degraded coral bleaching and it's really depressing to go there Mm. but even just being able to witness that personally I think has been really amazing Mm. um it you know negatively amazing yeah still amazing but also it really helps you be able to to communicate your science when you have actually gone through that and seen it yeah you have an emotional that's amazing as well because yeah. also so many people ask me, just because they know I'm a marine biologist, mm. they're like, so is the Great Barrier Reef actually bleaching yeah. and stuff? And I'm... <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is people, yeah, yeah. people don't believe what they hear. They're just mm-hmm. so confused about everything. But I guess like the ocean in general, if, if people, you know, people can ignore it because they can't see it. Yeah. Or they think it's so big that yeah. nothing will change. Exactly. The waves don't stop, so the, yeah. light, no, the ocean's Or working. even just dumping all their garbage and plastic in the ocean and thinking nothing's going to happen. And until they see it, then... Then they won't be able to... Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess in this day and age, you have documentaries which help that. Um, but unless people watch them... But yeah, <laughs> who's watching? I feel like it's just us watching them. Yeah, quite often the I, documentaries preaching to the choir... Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I guess, like, Ch- I'm thinking of Chasing Coral has yeah. done mm, super well. That's amazing. Like, it's on Netflix, yeah. so it's really available to people. But, yeah, it was great in terms of really showing people mm. the devastation firsthand. So, yeah. No, I went to a screening of that, um, and it was mostly non-scientific audience and people got super passionate about it and afterwards they had like a question answer with one of the makers of the movie and um people asking really great questions so yeah people are sometimes stupid but realistically they're not all dumb like people can engage with the material but Mm -hmm. just kind of haven't been welcomed or asked before yeah, and that's why I think science communication is so important. Because, yeah, that's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. It is so, oh, it's so oh, important. You guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. So, do you have any tips for a PhD? You've done it. 
Yes. You're at the end of the road, me and Ian. We're at the start. Yeah. What are we going to say when we get to the middle? Oh, God. Are we going to ever know stuff? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have high hopes for myself. I feel like you're always learning, though. Yeah. Even at the end of the PhD, you have so many more questions. But that's great. The lifelong learning thing. But I think that's why you do a PhD, right? Because you do want to continuously learn. Yeah. Always. Exactly. And, yeah, that's why you stay in academia, if Mm -hmm. if you do. Yeah. So what are your tips? Some tips. Well, I got some tips. Negatives, positives. So my first tip probably for people starting out, like looking for a PhD, Mm. would be find something, find a project that you are actually interested in and something that you're Mm. passionate about because it makes it so much easier. I think it would be so hard to live and breathe three to four years something you weren't genuinely interested in. Yeah, Yeah, rough. Like for me, literally... Picking up a paper about fish or about ocean warming or bleaching, I am so interested. I don't ever pick up one of those papers and go, oh, like, I've got to read this paper. I pick it up going, yes, like, on Twitter, I'll see a new paper and be like, oh, i got to read that when I get <laughs> to the office. Like, I think that helps a lot. Yeah. Actually genuinely being interested in the project. So yeah. that would be my first tip. And then for people who are already kind of in the PhD, I guess, firstly, like you guys were saying, oh, you don't think you know anything, but that's what a PhD is. It's a research traineeship. Yeah. You are not meant to know everything. So I think I kind of always thought, oh, my gosh, like I don't know this or I'm afraid to ask about this or feeling really bad about it, but... That's actually what a PhD is. It's when you should be asking all the questions and it is your chance to really learn all these skills. So that's another tip. Yeah, I guess as long as you're willing to learn, like you want to learn, then that's all people really care about. Exactly. The fact that you're putting in the effort to learn those skills. Yeah, definitely. Um, Then another tip probably for you guys at this stage (laughs) would be to write early and write before you're ready oh okay because i feel like when i hear people say oh i've got six months to go now all i have to do is write it i think oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) um good luck (laughs) i don't think i'll even be done it's crazy that people would do that I mean, okay, if you're a literary genius, mm-hmm. go for that. the gold. But, and it just definitely depends. Like, for me, I know I'm a slow writer. I know that I need to kind of write something and come back to it, write something and come back to it. Um, so I think it's important to start early. And also, you might never feel ready. So... you got to overcome you just the got to overcome, yeah. yeah. It's easier to edit something you've already written than it is to write fresh. Exactly. That's, that's the thing I yeah and also like it's all about mental training and conditioning mm. so if you condition yourself to be okay with writing you will be yeah just write your methods yeah go from there. just start small mm. so that's a tip um practice communicating your science important mm. so you know attend conferences if you can give presentations at other people's labs 
um, even just, you know, go talk to your neighbour about what you're doing or... Yeah, as I get... Mm. I don't know about you, but as I get a little bit further in, mm. what am I, eight months in now, six, six, eight months in that bracket, as more and more people ask me what I'm doing, I'm getting better at describing it. Yeah. I mean, my dad still has no idea what I do because I've spoken to him before I even knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Whereas people I'm meeting now, new people I meet, like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm able to explain this a little bit better. Yeah. And it's so, all yeah, just it comes practice. with practice. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's so worthwhile doing even like um, giving presentations, I was always hated giving presentations. I was so scared of presentations. And I was like, I'm never going to enjoy this. But the more and more I did, the more now I'm totally okay with it. So just practice. Yeah, and that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea you guys have in your lab where you, every, someone does one every Monday. That's a good yeah. like idea. Fo- even if it's five minutes. No, it's meant it's meant to be max fifteen minutes. Oh, that's even better. Because we yeah. have a one hour meeting, and then we just have like lab stuff, and people or the heads of all the groups talk, but then two people are meant to present every week. That yeah, that's like such a good five issue. minutes, fifteen minutes like, max. I mean, yeah, our lab's seven people, so we just kind of talk about it all yeah. the time. But yeah, mm. in our a lab's massive. Room. Yeah. Where do you have your meetings? Uh, in the grid room oh, over yeah, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it fits everybody, almost. But, like, I mean, a lot of people don't turn up as well. But, no, it's good, and it's nice to know what people are doing in, like, the coral yeah. group mm-hmm. or the other algae group or whatever it is, except in my other lab group, <laughs> which is the algae group. We have yeah. so many people. And we only have a monthly meeting for that one. Oh. Yeah, so then <laughs> Audrey was like, yeah, I made up a roster for you guys to present, so... We have two people present every, like, meeting. But mm-hmm. since we only have a meeting once a month, you it's only get to present fair. once a year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard because then it's like, well, that's great, but I'm not going to know what you're doing in a year's time. Mm-hmm. And it's super hard to be updated with everybody. Just, just ask <laughs> I know. Yeah. see them at lunch <laughs> what are you up to no but usually you're just like oh how's it going blah blah, blah yeah. or what are you trying to do but it's hard because yeah no, you don't really want to give people the spiel all the time yeah that's true yeah or you don't want to have to give the spiel all the time mm-hmm. yeah it's the other one it's just like well and imagine how many times you have to explain to some people what you're trying to do it can be kind of annoying yeah what do you think about like positives and negatives of your last three to four years? Yeah. Is there advantages <laughs> to doing it? Are there do you any positives? The back end of it? <laughs> no. Talked about travel <laughs> and learning. Mm. There's obvious downsides, but like. Yeah. So I mean, there's. I think I'm very optimistic. So yeah. I know that I've had a lot of downs and a lot of challenges. But I always see the positive that I've overcome it. Yeah. Especially finishing now, just that in itself is such a personal achievement. So just personal growth over the four years, I can say like, wow, I've learned a lot. I've developed myself so much. I can overcome challenges that I never thought I would. Um, yeah, so I think that that's definitely a positive. You can turn the negatives into positives. Mm. 
Um, I guess the other thing, obviously, yeah, going to amazing places, working with awesome people who are inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, like getting to research what I'm interested in. That's obviously a huge positive. And then, yeah, just all the learning that you get to do, you get to just immerse yourself into three to four years of learning. Yeah, and you, you're actually, you take for, take for granted sometimes mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of it, even in high school, bachelor's degree, stuff like that, you yeah. just like, oh, I have to learn. It's like, no, learning is But learning the is best fun. <laughs> yeah. It cool. sounds really nerdy, but learning is fun. But I guess that was all structured learning. Yeah. A PhD is what you want to learn. Yeah, I could never so, go to coursework or anything I like that I again. Could I could, yeah. could not do it again. Yeah. I and coming back to the whole space thing, I've been getting stuck into my PhD and reading, mm-hmm. but it's inspired me to actually read in other areas I'm interested yeah. in. So I have been reading about mm-hmm. you know, space and exploration and I've been looking at mm-hmm. what Voyager One and Two are doing and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like watching documentaries on the building of rockets and stuff like that. And I was like, Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So you take your ability to learn in the field where you're studying yeah. and you, you can take those skills and use them elsewhere and actually expand your knowledge in other places that might be fleeting places that you're looking at. But mm-hmm. That's one of the things I, I really enjoy about it. Yeah, mm. definitely. But even just exp- expanding and, like you said, opening your mind to so many different things like you go to a conference and you hear about all these other amazing things that people are doing. So much is happening. Yeah. It's super cool. Like, when else would you get an opportunity to do that? You just don't. And especially in Australia, we're so isolated, I feel. Yes. So conferences are awesome Mm because you just get to meet everyone from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, make some cool, hopefully some cool networks. and. One conference, you probably know someone at every university in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't take much. Uh Uh-huh. There yeah. you go. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Do you have more to say, on. Paloma? No. Cool. Good questions. Well, yeah. um, thanks for the day, Paloma. So, you're okay for me to give you Twitter at? Is that all right? Sure. So, if you're interested more in Paloma's work, you can find her at Paloma underscore Mattis, P-A-L-O-M-A, and Mattis is M-A-T-I-S. Um, or you can find us on Facebook. Our page is what, Alumni Yet. And we're on Twitter as well, at Alum Not Yet. Or mm-hmm. you can find me individually, but not Anne. <laughs> I don't have Twitter. Oh, Anne gets Twitter. I know. I'm a Pelagic Johnson. I don't know how to do it Anne yet. Anne will be on eventually one day. Yeah. I don't know. Arm, I've never liked Twitter. But I know all the scientists, the science. use, yeah, all the scientists science use it. I just follow science stuff only. I've yeah. been using stuff, yeah. but yeah. I've come around on it. Yeah, maybe one day. If I have in anything interesting to share. I won't bully you when you look. Cool. Thanks for that point. That Thanks was awesome. Yeah, that was me. great. Yeah. See, that was fun. Good Ish, work. yeah? Ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easier because I know you guys and you're not going to ask me about the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just chilled out. We're just like, whatever. You know, we do whatever. Oh, that's good. And I'm sure, you know, the whole... Australia is not listening to us <laughs> like the radio station. Yeah, it's a little bit of a
No, it's, no, I know. Smaller. I just get a little bit like, what if a future employer listens to this and hears how many times I say like? I'm worried totally. a future employer is going to listen <laughs> to this podcast and be like, who the hell are these people? They're never going to get employed. If a future employer finds this, like, what? I'll explain that. It was But I'm worried then they're going to listen to specific episodes and be like, these people have no idea what they're talking about. But you guys are still doing your PhD. I've finished. Yeah. I'm expecting to know It's true. Shit. But then we also talk about <laughs> random stuff and we're like, By that is so this, wrong. We could be really good at this and we could leave with like a really nice polished, you know, we could be good at this. And yeah. that'll be a, a tick in our box. It could I think be. you guys are good though. You've got a system down. Uh, I think we're, we're doing well. Mm. Yeah. But Anne, you do have so. to get Twitter. It's important. <laughs> Do you know how many jobs I see only advertised on Twitter? Really? Yeah. What? Or papers that you can't get for free or we don't even have access through our UTS one, but people post it on Twitter. What? Like, oh. it's, it's what? literally like a Facebook news feed of science. It's oh. so good. Okay. I have a couple of It's seriously, I, oh, I was wow. always like, what? what's this? Why would I use this? I don't know. Yours say. is super LinkedIn, though. You follow like a thousand people. Well, I've had it like for two years now. So have I. But yeah, yeah, literally, like, I went to this conference in Tahiti, which was 700 fish people. Amazing. And people would come up to me and be like, you're blowing my follow you on Twitter. Oh, or like, I'd be like, hey. Oh, <laughs> do you want my autograph? Here you go. my card, give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> you follow me on YouTube? My, my hairstyling account? Oh, right, just Twitter. Okay. But seriously, you'd be so surprised. Yeah, People, okay. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What happens? Really good. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just Maybe. get it. Get it? It's good. Yeah. The, look, I have a lot of fish people on just mine, just looking at it. Um, you go find someone. Like, I I went to my friend Lauren, who had, like, 2,000 followers. Yeah, no, I was wow. trolling yours. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you go on and... So I know that we have similar research interests, so I go to who's yeah. she following, mm. and then I follow the people who I think, oh, yeah. It's a bit different in freshwater ecology. It's a lot smaller. Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? I need to cross over and do, like, freshwater ecology in Australia. In Australia, yeah. But well, like, I, mean, I need to start yeah. following other people, like, because I do estuarine stuff, and I'm mm. going to start heading towards estuarine fish, I think, at some mm-hmm. point. But, yeah. but I follow people from everywhere. I've been followed yeah. by weird institutes in Canada I'm like yeah yeah okay. sometimes there are some oh, people no. who you block you oh like, it's just absolute bots if they're not a science person I'm like not yeah. <laughs> science only mm. <laughs> yeah like you could go follow whoever you want but then you yeah. get clogged up and no yeah I speak. would use it if it was just purely science mm, space. it's really good super good and even at, con- like, at, conferences, at conferences it just helps you break the ice like I was at some conference for the Tara boat or whatever. Tara Oceans, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I posted a tweet and then this big researcher retweeted me. And then later on at like, the dinner, I was I went up to her and started talking. She was like, oh, yeah, I retweeted your tweet. Oh, yeah, hey. Like, <laughs> I it, was doing the same. Yeah, it's really good. It, it's... AFSS and I'm sitting there using our alumni yet <laughs> two years of the podcast sitting behind the chairman of the board like over his shoulder yeah. and he's redoing I was like g'day Ross how are you 
I've been tweeting you all day, haven't I? Like, yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really weird. Mm. You should all get right. it. You're slowly selling me on it. I just like doing it. It's emails. helpful. So, yeah, someone else will be tweeting at the conference event and I'll take a photo of it so they've got the back of their head in it. That's what <laughs> I like doing. <laughs> no, Beautiful. get it, man. It's good. All right. One day, one day, you guys can look forward to the day I'm on Twitter. All right.